You're listening to the Grace Sermon Podcast with messages from Pastor Chris Twightman and the community at Grace Lutheran Church, Huntington Beach. We're a family church that exists to engage life together and impact our neighborhoods as disciples of Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org. Now, stay tuned for today's message. Philippians chapter 2 is where we're going to be. And as you're getting there, um, as you know, this past week, we celebrated Halloween. And we move from the macabre revelry of secular Halloween to a very sacred day in the history of the church this morning. A day for acknowledging and honoring the dead in a decidedly different way. And Megan referred to it as she started worship this morning. I'm talking about All Saints Day, typically celebrated the first Sunday of November. In the early years of Christianity, It was customary for a faith community to gather at the gravesite of a departed brother or sister on the anniversary of his or her death in order to commemorate the life and faith of that person who was now with the Lord. And over the centuries, this practice of individual communities became refocused to a single day of observance for the whole body of Christ to remember all the faithfully departed for the previous year. And that's where the tradition of All Saints Sunday came from, and that's why thousands of congregations all over the world today are acknowledging the significance of this day. Now, as I've announced this to you, for many Christians, um, I find in in the modern world, certainly Protestant Christians, if you've been raised or influenced by the Catholic or Orthodox traditions, when you hear the word saint, right? When you hear the word saint, what immediately is called to mind is some sort of special follower of Jesus. When you hear the word saint, you think of a disciple who's a cut above the rest, a person who's recognized as having an exceptional degree of holiness or likeness or closeness to God, someone who has proven themselves, in fact, to be so holy that he or she has been canonized by a religious authority, say the Pope. But this is not the biblical use of the term saint. Biblically, saint is not a designation reserved for a select few, but it's actually a broader, evolving term to describe all followers of Jesus. For example, Paul in his opening letter to the Philippian church writes, to all God's saints, holy people, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul writes this way again in his first letter to the Corinthians. You'll see it one more time. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Whether it's Philippians or Corinthians, Paul is not writing to perfect people. He's not writing to followers of Jesus who've got it all together. Followers of Jesus, believers who don't have any rough edges that still need to be smoothed out in their walk of faith. Both of these communities, all of the communities that are addressed scripturally, had their share of problems as well as areas in which they were learning, growing, maturing in their relationship with Christ. And yet Paul calls these people saints or holy ones. And that's what the word saint literally means, holy one. And what we mean by holy biblically is holy means to be set apart, 
It means to belong to God, set apart in, in such a way as to belong to God. So when we speak of holy days, holy places, holy things, holy people, all of these things are holy because they have been set apart from ordinary use to belong to God alone. Saints then are those who have been set apart by God in order to belong to God. That means that everyone, everyone who has discovered, everyone who has answered, everyone who lives out of the grace of God in Jesus Christ is a saint. This is important. Being a saint doesn't mean we've arrived. Being a saint means that we're on our way. To be a saint is not to be, as we often say, holier than thou. To be a saint is to be made whole. To be a saint is to be a work in progress. A sinner who has been both redeemed and reconciled through the cross and the resurrection and who is also becoming a new creation in Christ. It's in that understanding of what biblically is meant by a saint, I invite you to hear the words of the scripture I asked you to open up to, Philippians chapter two. Let's hear these words that Paul writes. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And if you still have those Bibles open and you just remember Philippians 2, Paul goes on to probably share one of the oldest hymns, Christian songs, that talks about the person of Christ that we are to live like, to be like. Now, the thing that's important here is we need to be sure to read and listen carefully to what Paul has just written here. Because it's very easy to read what Paul has written as Paul is telling us what we need to do. You know, what we need to do because Jesus has done this, now we need to do that. And, and if you read it carefully, Paul is not saying this is about what we need to do, but rather who we are to become. In other words, it's, it's not that we on our own can earn or achieve the mindset of Christ. It's not on our own that we can think or speak or act or live like Jesus. Rather, in the very same way that we are forgiven, same way that we got here, that we're cleansed and saved by God, through his grace, in spite of our human limitations and flaws, in the very same way we are being empowered and transformed into our best selves, from sinners into saints, by the unconditional love of God in Christ expressed through the presence and guidance of the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not our faithfulness to God that makes us worthy to be saints. And that's what's so problematic when we use the term in that way that somehow these are super Christians, that somehow these are a cut above the rest, that there's a them and then there's the rest of us. Because it's not our faithfulness to God that makes us worthy to be called saints. It's God's faithfulness to us through the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us that not only makes it possible for us to be saints, holy ones, set apart, belonging to God, but also ensures that we will become all we were created to be in Christ. In the midst of this sermon series on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the glue that helps us to understand when the Bible talks about being a saint. 
being a saint. It's not, again, about looking at people who somehow are better than us. It's people who we see the Holy Spirit unleashed in their lives and we recognize that same power, that same presence can be unleashed, is available to us. And again, if we're reading and listening carefully to Paul here, it's all about the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit breathed on the church at Pentecost that unites us together as the body of Christ in the world. What holds us together And again, it's not about a hierarchy. It's not about a separation. The super Christians here, everybody else here. What holds us together, what makes us one is the fact that we have the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit holds us together. And that's what's so important about All Saints Day. It's not about remembering a select few. All Saints Day is an annual reminder of our connectedness in Christ, that we are one in the Spirit through space and time. We're held together through the ages past and across the globe of this present world, not because of anything we do, but because of what God is doing, has done, will continue to do in and through us. In other words, All Saints Day is about giving thanks for the outpouring, the abiding presence and power of the Holy Spirit that makes us one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The communion of saints, these words that are immortalized in what we call the Apostles' Creed, that we are one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We are together the communion of saints. So for those of you who are still concerned, today is not about diverting our gaze from the Lord and worshiping individual Christians. No, today is about remembering and recognizing, celebrating the work of the Holy Spirit in transforming the lives of ordinary men and women, just like you and me, over the centuries, transforming their lives and across the miles of our Christian witness. So let's do that this morning. Let's remember and let's recognize. First, let's remember our unity through the Spirit with those who have gone before us, those who have gone on to glory in Christ. Let us, and I want to give you that time right now, I want to encourage you right now to call to mind those whose faithful witness to Jesus and his kingdom impacted your life, impacted our lives, and made this world a better place. Think about those who are no longer with us. No longer with us in body, but with us in spirit. And for some of us, this is going to be raw. You may have had to, to see this person depart this year, a couple of months ago. For others, it may be the remembrance of someone who it's been many, many years since you've heard their voice and seen them. But today is about remembering them. Remembering their faithful witness to Jesus and his kingdom. Reflecting upon those people in your life who went before you, who served for you through the Holy Spirit as an example, as a mentor or a role model for what it means, for what it looks like to daily follow, to regularly depend upon Christ. And I hope you've got someone in your mind right now, someone that you're picturing. I want you to think about how they walked and how they talked. I want you to think about how they had the word of God on their lips. I want you to remember how the spirit of God shone through their hearts and always pointed to the hope of Christ at work in them. I gave you some very specific direction then because we have this tendency when we think of those who are departed, who are not with us, we have this tendency to romanticize our memory of them. Back to saints, we have this tendency to elevate them, to put them on a pillar and make them somehow better, than everyone else, better than us. And I want to encourage you not to do that. I'm not asking you to romanticize the memory of those who are no longer with us because with all due respect, they were not perfect people. We dishonor the witness of their lives 
the one for whom they lived if we idealize them to be something that they were not. This is very typical, very common for us to do. We think, in some weird way, we think it's our way of honoring the dead, like we sanitize our memory of them. We all of a sudden just remember them as being perfect people. But in the Christian faith, we don't do that when we remember those who've died in the faith. But we're very often led to do that. Let me give you an example that's not so personal for anyone you're thinking about. There's this letter in the New Testament, the letter to the Hebrews. And this author writes to this community, this small band of new Christians who were suffering persecution and feeling isolated in their struggles. And if you remember this letter at all, it all kind of builds to the 11th chapter of this letter to the Hebrews, where he points to a litany of Old Testament saints from Abraham to Rahab who faced every manner of challenge and hardship, but this writer says who eventually flourished because, as he emphasizes, they lived by faith. Everybody loves this chapter in Hebrews. Chapter 11, we call it the heroes of the faith. And I'm gonna tell you right there, that's an example of what I'm talking about. Romanticizing and idealizing saints. And to do that, to to look at the, read that chapter and look at these people, lift them up and go, oh, Abraham, David, we're, we're not even worthy to touch their sandals. They are just on a whole other level. That is to miss the point that the writer to the letter to the Hebrews is trying to make. And here's the thing, if you examine carefully that list of saints provided in Hebrews 11. I mean, if you really pay attention for a second, if you know your Bible, if you know their story, these aren't exactly pillars of perfection or moral superiority. From Abraham to Samson, from Rahab to David, these people were liars, murderers, prostitutes, adulterers. They had real and serious flaws, but they were also faith-filled people whom God upheld and worked upon despite their many mistakes and shortcomings. The work of the Spirit in them proved to be greater than the Spirit of the world and transformed their lives for the better, leading them to their eternal home, their eternal rest in Christ. That's what the author to the letter to the Hebrews wants his audience, including us, to understand. It's not about us. It's about the God who works in spite of us through his Holy Spirit. And my friends, like that cast of characters in Hebrews 11, those saints who've gone before us, the ones we remember today, they didn't necessarily start well. They maybe had some bumps along the way, but the point is they finished well. They ended well. They were not perfect, but they always looked to the one who was perfect in Christ. So we don't need to rewrite their stories It's important that we remember them as flawed, as works in progress, just like the rest of us. What instead we have to recall is how we witnessed, we saw the Holy Spirit at work in and through them. What we're celebrating today is how we witnessed, we saw God's grace and love through the Spirit transform their lives over time refining and shaping them despite their flaws, despite their struggles, despite their doubts, despite the challenges along the way. Because if God can do that in them, then God can most surely do that in us and is. These saints that we remember today were not holier than thou, but they were brilliant. Weren't they? They were brilliant. They were brilliantly illuminating the light of Jesus the light of Jesus that shone through their emerging, developing, and maturing selves in Christ. And now they shine like stars for all eternity. And today we remember them. 
We remember them who may not be with us again in body, but are absolutely certainly with us in the spirit. And that's, if you know the letter to Hebrews, chapter 12 goes right there after talking about all these people. The writer wants us to understand there's a spiritual connection between those in heaven and those here on earth. Thanks to our unity through the Holy Spirit, there is an unbreakable bond between those who've gone before us and we who are still here. Though they are absent from our sight, the legacy of their lives lingers in our memory. But even more than this, through the Spirit, they remain with us beyond the veils of this mortal life, gathered around the throne of God in what Hebrews calls the great cloud of witnesses. The victory that Christ won for us in which we live by faith, they know by sight. All those saints that we do not see, but remember on this day, remain with us in the spirit, encouraging and cheering us on as we carry on hoping and praying and looking towards a new heaven and a new earth. There is so much encouragement and strength to be found in that. But All Saints Day is not just about the remembrance of the dearly departed. All Saints Day is also about recognizing our unity through the Spirit, not only with those who've gone before us, but with those across the miles, all around the world and on the other side of the globe. The Bible calls us to also acknowledge that this great cloud of witnesses is made up of men and women of the faith who surround us, who walk with us in this faith in the midst of other cultures, other traditions, even other tongues that reach all the way to the ends of the earth. And all saints' day, in other words, reorients us. It it forces us to, to perceive the body of Christ, us, as far more diverse than our local church, than our tribe, our denomination, our network, or even geographical region. Today, we're reminded that the Spirit blows where the Spirit pleases. Today, we're reminded the Spirit works in ways and means that are different than how we see things, than how we would do it. Today is a day for being inspired, informed, emboldened in our witness to the truth and power of the gospel through remembering, through recognizing how others not like us distinctively and creatively reflect the presence of Christ through what they say and do in their particular context. And yet in the midst of that great diversity, we're reminded today that within the body of Christ, we are held together again by the Holy Spirit. We're held together in the midst of all that diversity by the fact that we are singularly committed to pointing to Jesus. That we are singularly bound to revealing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And what I want to do this morning is I want to give you a glimpse of that kind of unity in the Spirit of those saints across the globe by sharing briefly about my recent visit to our mission partners, Lee, Katie, and Jesse Humerian in the Ukraine. For those of you who may not have been with us or are new for the first time, that's where I was the last two weeks, visiting our mission partners in the Ukraine through a ministry called Josiah Venture. And very briefly, just in case you don't know what Josiah Venture is, Josiah Venture is a Christian ministry that seeks to reach the next generation for Christ, particularly in the former Soviet-occupied countries of Eastern Europe, Hungary, Czech Republic, Slovakia, in this case, where I was, the Ukraine. And how they do this is they specifically partner with local churches in these countries 
and help them to build relationships of discipleship with students and their families. Being very clear, who they're specifically targeting are the next generation of leaders for the church in these countries. And how do they do this? They accomplish this in two ways. First, by becoming a part of a local church, just like here. So those who serve for them, like Lee and Katie and Jesse, they become a part of a local church in that community, worship and serving in that community, just like we do together. And then in the midst of that, they're also fostering different experiences which are intended to build bridges, not just between their church, but all the local churches and the community at large. And one example of these uh, avenues to do that is something called Exit Tour. Okay, and that's specifically what our mission partners, Lee, Katie, and Jesse are a part of, Exit Tour. And if you're not familiar with Exit Tour, it's a week-long immersion in local high schools, different high school each day. And the whole idea is to come into this high school and to come in with a, um, an international Christian musical artist. And not necessarily, there's the, the permission is not there to share the gospel in the school. Coming, it's coming into the school to focus on moral and character development, to, to make a point of contact. So there's an assembly or a concert with that Christian artist, which gets, the, which the whole day of the school is, is just set apart for this. It's amazing. There's an, a concert to kind of invite the students into the gym or the theater where they, where they just get excited and then they, they're broken up and instead of their normal classes, they go to interactive lectures that focus on things like the, the development of the teenage brain or how to deal with bullying or mindsets, how to have a growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset in life. And then after they go through these different lectures, they come back into that gym or theater for a closing concert. And at the closing concert, it's sort of a recap of what they've learned, what's taken place, but also it's a point until later on that night to come to what's Exit Club. And that's where the local church that's involved basically has what we would call youth group. Come that night, and there are students who actually meet at the school and walk them there. And at Exit Club, they meet that, that Christian artist again. He comes and performs, but that Christian artist also will share a bit of their story and they come and they get, build some relationship. And, and the further pointing is to the end of the week, after all of these schools have been visited all week long, there's a concert for the community held by this artist. And it's at that concert that students are invited to come to and bring their friends that the gospel is shared. That artist gives their testimony. That the, the leaders who have been a part of that seek to pray and, and encourage those students to become a part of that local church faith community. Now, that is the quick rundown of Exit Tour and everything I'm going to tell you, just from the get-go, everything that Lee and Katie described when they started this ministry that we're partners in, with them in is exactly as they described, but it is a far different thing to be on the inside. Before I even showed up, I just want to give you a quick sampling of what is involved in making this happen. Before I even showed up, they have to go to each of those schools and get permission to be there and then coordinate how they're going to work in each individual school. And if that sounds easy, you don't know much about bureaucracy. Okay, so that's a challenge in and of itself. And then they train a team. I, was, I, I will confess I was clueless. There were so many student leaders, you're going to meet some of them, that I was working with that I just assumed were a part of their regular exit team. But no, every time they put on one of these exit tours, they're going to a different local church. They're taking student leaders and training them for this for a week. And then they're going in and pulling this off under the guidance of this core team. And these are mostly, mostly high school students. So there's all that training. And then there's also the preparing of all the lectures that I talked about. Sometimes writing new ones, sometimes tweaking them to fit the class schedule times for the schools that they're going to be at. All that and so much more just before I got there. But now, let me give you, and you'll see some pictures, what a typical day looks like on Exit Tour. It begins every day early in the morning. And all of you who have been around know that I'm not a morning person. So when I say early in the morning, I'm talking five o'clock in the morning. 
I'm talking when the dead are still asleep, you know, 5 a.m. And 5 a.m. you get up, you pick up the team. Lee has this bright red van. We go and get the trailer that has all the stuff. And then you watch Lee go to these schools because we have to go into a gym or, or an auditorium. And, and there's a lot of heavy equipment. So you want to get as close as possible to the door to unload it. But many of these schools were not built with that in mind. So you're looking, I don't know if you can get the sense of this tight space that's right there. This is one of many where when I was in the car with Lee, I'm like, okay, so we're just going to park here and carry all this stuff, right? And Lee is like, oh no, we can totally get in there. And I'm like, I don't think so, man. I don't think we're getting in there. <laughs> Talking van and trailer. And I, I, I'll just say, it, Lee is anointed by the Holy Spirit in driving. Let me just say that. <laughs> I watched him get into spaces and get out of spaces that I was, con- I just was like, this is, this, is, this is humanly not possible. And that's just their first thing in the morning, okay? And that's when you're, you know, I'm not a morning person. I woke up every morning to watch Lee Park. That's just, Lee's parking woke me up, right? Let's put that way. Okay, I'm staying too long on this. Okay, we get in, and then everyone who's a part of that team, that core team, we're talking high school students, we're unloading the trailer. A lot of heavy equipment, we're unloading it and we're setting it up. We're literally putting it all together. You can see through these pictures. And we, if we do it quickly enough, effectively enough, we have enough time to pray. We have enough time to, to you know, celebrate a little bit in anticipation of the students. And then the next thing you know, there it is all set up. We're ready to go. The students come in for that opening assembly and we're greeting and mixing with the students. We're taking photos with them. We're having conversations. There's lots of Instagram posts. They, have, they get some music with the artists. They get really excited about it. They're dancing. They're jumping around. All the administrators and teachers of the school are like, why did we agree to this thing? This is crazy. It's insane. It's really, it's amazing, the energy in that room. And then they're broken up into those interactive lectures. And in those interactive lectures, and that's me, I actually got to teach a couple of these lectures. And that's Nadia, by the way, who's translating for me, because as you know, I don't speak Ukraine. So in order for me to understand what they were saying and for, their, for them to understand what I was saying, she was translating for me. And those students um, were really engaged in the lectures, but of course wanted to speak English if they could, wanted to know where I was from. And just let me tell you, if you ever visit another part of the world, saying you're from California gets you a lot of credit. (laughs) But saying you live close to Disneyland? (laughs) Okay. After these classes, these students didn't want to just leave, and they, they had like a 20-minute passing period between. They wanted to take a picture with me. They wanted to talk with me. They wanted, hey, several students wanted to follow me on Instagram, which if you know, I'm not somebody everybody wants to follow on Instagram, but I've increased my followers now. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Just had to go to a foreign country to find young people who wanted to follow me on Instagram. Um, so after all of these lectures, we come back into that assembly. Okay, again, it's recapping what we've learned, what's gone on that day, more singing, more dancing, but the invite to exit club, celebrating, students get to mingle a little bit, and then we tear all that equipment down, we pack it all into the trailer, and we eat lunch, which the local high school provides. And can I just say, the local high schools in Ukraine provide the same meal every day. And I've had my share of borscht, okay? (laughs) If I don't have borscht again for a long, long time, it won't be too soon. I'm just kidding. It was actually pretty good. I was a little nervous about that. Every time, it was always borscht. Um, but it, there's a brief rest for lunch, but then after we pack all this up, go back a couple of slides, please. We actually head out to the local church. Go back a couple of slides, please. We head back to this, the local church, and then unpack everything and set it all up again, because again, the students are going to be coming. We set it up. The kids show up. Many of them walk from the school because they've never been to this place before, and there's a lot of games. One of the more popular things to do there is to play Just Dance, and I was in, uh, drafted to play Just Dance. And if you want to see something really, really funny, you should see me play Just Dance. But there is no video evidence of that, thank God, um, <laughs> that I know of. That's right. And then after that, the artist is actually a part of this who's, been a, who's at the, uh, the, the, the school. 
and is interviewed and shares a little bit of their story. And then there's some more singing, some more fun. The kids mingle, hang out. And then kids leave. The leaders are all there. And that's where you can go to the next slide. A local family provides a great meal. There's a time for prayer. <laughs> You're going way ahead. Prayer and debriefing. And then we go home and we get to start it all over again. Five o'clock in the morning till 9.30 at night and then up again at five o'clock in the morning. It's a full day. I just want to give you a flavor of what it looks like all week long. But what I really want to do is I want to introduce you to some saints. Some saints in another part of the world. That's the team as a whole. You're going to get to meet them individually. But first, let me introduce, introduce you to some saints that you know quite well. Lee, Katie, and Jesse. Lee, up front, emceeing, or in the back, running sound. Lee, making sure, again, we get into these spaces that we can't fit into, that all the equipment is set up properly, that everything is taken care of. Katie, who makes sure all of the things behind the scenes administratively, the lectures, she's a lecturer, take place. And then even Jesse, as you can see in the next slide, who's being trained to run sound. <laughs> or is helping to communicate with the team, if you go to the next slide, in a very interesting way as Lee holds her upside down. I, I, if there was one thing I wish I could do, I wish I could have taken you with me, and I'm trying somehow in giving you this picture. It is a beautiful thing to see Lee, Katie, and Jesse where they are. Because I have tried in many, many sermons, but not, nothing I've ever said could possibly show you what it looks like to be called. They are exactly at this moment in their lives where God wants them to be. They are thriving. That does not mean that everything is going great. They are thriving. They are an amazing couple. They are an amazing family. They are, they, the, it's, an, it's incredible the amount of detail that's involved in terms of what they've put together with Exit Tour. But beyond that, they're also doing what, a ministry called Fusion which is sort of a choir-based ministry that's like Exit. They're also leaders in their local church. They do an English club, and then at the same time, they're raising a one-year-old daughter. All of this. And then the most beautiful thing in all of that is you would think they're doing everything. They're doing a lot, but they're not. One of the most important things that they are doing is they're delegating. They are pouring into the lives of these students that you're going to learn about in just a second. But before I go there, let me introduce you to two other saints. First, Happy. That's Happy. Happy's a London hip-hop artist who has the biggest heart for the Lord that you can possibly imagine that maybe is only equipped by his love for students. He shared as part of his story that the reason why he's, he calls himself happy is because the Lord has made him happy, coming from very, very difficult circumstances. I would commend you to pray for Happy because he is a very talented artist who is continuing to gain in popularity and yet at the same time trying to hold on to his integrity as an artist when he could be making a lot, of more, lot more money and doing a lot better if he was willing to, to cut some corners in terms of his faith. And he's not. He is larger than life. And the thing that blew me away is not all the autographs that he gave or all the selfies that he took. And there were just countless numbers of that. But the fact that beyond that, he engaged with the students. He played games with them. He would talk with them. He would pray with them. He would share his testimony. This wasn't an artist who worked really, really hard and performed and then got off the stage and went into the green room. This was a kid who got in the trenches with the kids he was trying to reach. Not just at the school, but every night at that club. And he was met by DJ Jules or Julian, he was his DJ, and he could have easily just kind of you know, given him a beat, played some music, and not been involved. But DJ Jules, kind of mirroring happy, also from London, wasn't just along for the ride. He engaged students. He prayed with them. He played games with them. He was the guy who got me to do Just Dance and told me I actually looked good, and I know he was lying. <laughs> he was fully engaged. He would help set up the equipment and tear it down. He didn't have to do any of this. He, there was a room all set aside by Lee with food and coffee where he could have chilled until it was his time to come on, but he dove in. 
the joy and generosity of his heart, I, I just, I, it just lingers on me, the example. And let me introduce you to someone you already know, Nadia. I am so grateful we are supporting her. I want to tell you we need to continue to support her financially and in prayer. This is a woman who I don't know how she does everything she does. I was blessed to have dinner in her home. She is balancing a family, a beautiful family. She is so pivotal to what Lee and Katie are doing in terms of exit tour. She was before they even got there. But she's also a leader in her own local church, part of that ministry of fusion in her church. She's an interpreter. The fact that I could be understood, let, understand, let, let alone be understand everyone else, was thanks to her constantly translating for me. And she's an ambassador to the schools. They are able to make these relationships with the schools because she gets in there. And she also, in the midst of all that, and that in and of itself is enough, what I saw her all the time, and no matter where it was, is she's constantly engaging students. Praying with them, playing with them, engaging them, remembering them, seeing them, recognizing them, when she could easily, with all the stuff she had going on, let everybody else do it. But she dove in. And here's the thing, to give you a sense of what's going on right now, I was privileged to worship at Nadia's church and at Lee and Katie's church. Many of the people I'm going to introduce to you next, all of the, the core part of the exit team, these are all student leaders that Lee and Katie are pouring into, make no mistake, but they were positioned to be able to be poured into because they have been discipled by Nadia. Because they came out of Nadia's church in that ministry of fusion. Why I'm telling you this is what's really exciting right now. You're going to hear about these incredible stories of the fruit that God is harvesting, but what's really exciting is for us to wait and see what God is doing through Lee and Katie pouring into students right now in their own church. That's still in its infancy. Does that make sense to everybody? We're gonna see those leaders just like them that are coming up. I got to engage some of them, but they're not at a place where they're able to take on this level of leadership. But they are beginning to see that opportunity, that call. But again, Nadia, just amazing. And let me introduce you to some of the fruit of her discipleship. That's Alex. Alex is a core member of the exit team. This kid is an atheist who came to Christ only a couple of years ago through again fusion in the ministry of Nadia's church. He is an amazing leader, but he doesn't think he is. He has this ability to rally and encourage the team as well as the students. He is Lee's right hand. Lee trusts him with everything. At the end of my time, I had an incredible opportunity with many of these people to really kind of speak into their lives and pray for them. And one of the things I said to Alex was, I said, you know, at some point, you're gonna be ready to take over Lee's job. And his eyes got like big like this, like, oh, no, no, no way. And I said, seriously, you could do what Lee is doing. This is a kid who's about to graduate college who is right now trying to figure out what the Lord wants to do with his life and he's seriously considering whether or not it's a call to full-time ministry through Josiah Venture. He is somebody who would be willing to do whatever is needed and as you're gonna hear me repeat over and over again like everybody else in the midst of all of his responsibilities, what I will remember about him is constantly engaging students, praying and conversing. He was, you know, his responsibilities didn't separate him from getting into what the heart of the ministry was about. And just like him, there's Ira. Next slide. Ira, also part of the core team, also a college student, also a part of the fruit of Nadia's ministry. If Alex is Lee's right hand, Ira is Katie's right hand. She makes sure all the things behind the scenes are getting taken care of. She's the key translator, translating for Lee up on that stage in all of those assemblies, translating for the artist. She's the liaison for the school administrators when things, as we're actually in the thick of it, when things are going on during the day. And in the midst of all of that, she also was constantly engaging students. She is uh, studying actually social work, and this is a real need in the Ukraine right now. There are not a lot of social workers, not a lot of psychologists, and there's a great need because of alcoholism and other issues. She's got a passion for reaching families. Beautiful person. Or how about Petra? 
Petra, who's next. Petra is not from the Ukraine. She's from Slovakia. She actually came to join us because Slovakia had to cut the number of exit tours they're doing this year from just some shifts in their team. So she came to help us. She does not speak Ukrainian. She speaks Slovakian and English. She's in her mid-20s, but you would think that she speaks Ukrainian because she doesn't let the fact that she doesn't know the language stop her from engaging everybody. She has such energy, such love, such encouragement. She was lecturing, just like I was. She would dive in. It didn't matter. And it didn't matter if the students didn't necessarily understand her. She made sure that they understood they were loved, that they were cared for. She was so incredible. I actually said to her at one point, if you are this intense, if you are this passionate, if, this, if you are this sold out in Ukraine, what must you be like as part of the exit team in Slovakia? And without missing a beat and with a little bit of a wink, she said, well, you're just going to have to come and find out, aren't you? <laughs> and then there's Mariah. Mariah went on a short-term trip, which I hope that some of you, I'm going back and I'm not going back alone. If I have to pack some of you in my suitcase, I'm going to do it because I want you to go and I want you to experience this. She went, and maybe this, will, maybe this will excite you, maybe this will make you nervous. She went and was so moved that she, was an, she made herself an intern for several months. She's just wrapping up at the end of November. Her heart is actually for Africa. She is, this, is a, this is a person who, I, who God has placed a heart for missions in at a young age. She's 23. She wants to serve in Africa, but God is working in her right now, and she recognizes that she needs to be poured into. She needs to be mentored in terms of leadership, and she is in love with Lee and Katie, and they are in love with her. And she is seriously considering going back as a full-time staff member in JV. She's going to be back here in the States in December, and I've invited her here, and if she comes, I'm excited for you to meet her. She... Again, she's 23, but she's got the maturity of someone who's well beyond that. In not only the, her leadership and her willingness to do, she was writing some of the lectures that we were giving to these students. But even beyond that, her, 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 this was someone who in the midst of all the fun that, we, that this is involved in Exit Tour, always could recognize a student who needed to talk, who needed to be taken away a little bit and just spoken into. She's an amazingly beautiful person. And finally, you've met a lot of college students. I'm just going to give you one sample of those high school students we worked with. Again, those students who were trained for a week and then part of Exit Tour. This is Ira. She is a high school student. She's a part of Young Life at her church. She is an emerging leader, and I can remember her always being present. She was always smiling. You never saw her not visible, not smiling, and she was always again engaging students. In fact, what was so powerful is I was so moved by how just attuned she was to the needs, attuned to, to the needs, not just of the exit tour, but like I said, of students when things were going on and trying to follow up with them and encouraging them. I actually spoke that to her and she got really moved by that and shared at the end of the week that she does not perceive herself as a leader, but through the experience of doing exit tour, she is seeing that God has made, given her the ability to be more of a leader than she thought. And she, I, I guess I could summarize everything I'm about to say about these, these, this, this team is if you have any worry or fear about the future of the church, then you simply have to look at young people like this. Young people that I know we have within our own community. Young people who, despite what the world tells them, despite what the world offers them, despite all the other challenges and temptations that we can talk about, have just yielded to the Spirit unleashing God's love and grace through their lives. It is a beautiful thing. And that is why I wanted to share this with you. Because when we talk about saints, this is a picture of what saints look like. When we talk about unity in the Spirit, that's what I experienced. Guys, I flew in for a week. And from the minute I got off the plane, and I'm not just talking about Lee and Katie, I'm talking about every single one of these people, I was treated like family. I couldn't speak a word of Ukrainian or Slovakian. It didn't matter. 
I was treated like I was family. It didn't matter for, for Petra, no matter how long you've been a part of the team, because again, what I saw was a community that came together and didn't worry about whether we knew each other, whether we had things in common, how old we were, but we recognized the spirit was present among us and we just surrendered to the spirit, bringing us and bonding us together. And in a span of a week, deep spiritual friendship was formed. And it's not an anomaly. That's what God wants to do. That's what God promises to do in community like ours. And this unity that we had in Christ, and you're seeing a, the broader high school students that were a part of this ministry in this picture, it was Christ-like, the compassion that we exuded to each other, the encouragement that was there, the, self -sac the sacrificial love and grace. It didn't, we didn't have to talk ourselves into it. No one like cheerleaded us. It just exuded out of us because we all just laid our egos and our differences and our ages and our boundaries aside and said, what's God doing? Let's be a part of it. I want you to, I don't want you to, I don't want to, back to idealize or romanticize. This was not a perfect week, okay? This was not a perfect week by any means. Let me tell you a couple of things that were not perfect. First of all, remember, Exit comes in, works with a local church. They get trained for a week. The youth leaders for that church, who these students are under, the youth leader, the wife's father died. So they were not able to be with us on Exit Tour. So all of these high school students were asked to enter into this situation without their leader. You would think that that would be a recipe for disaster. But these kids relied on the Holy Spirit, trusted the grace of God, the love of God worked through them, and I cannot tell you how much they rose to the occasion. It blew my mind. We had a kid who broke their arm. We had a kid who threw up. We had an administrator who got in the face of someone else because something was off schedule. We had a moment when half of these kids had already had a pre-scheduled conference. Half of the student leadership team couldn't be there for the rest of the week, and the half that were left had to pick up the slack for everybody else. And in the midst of it all, all these things that I'm telling you about and the countless little other things I'm not, there was no blaming, there was no quitting, there was no despair. There was just courage, bold courage in embracing whatever and wherever the Lord called us. It was not a perfect week and we were not perfect. But what I witnessed and what I'm telling you, we can witness is how we can be made perfect in how we love each other. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. I think back on this experience, and I've shared with you people from England, people from Slovakia, people from the Ukraine. There was a Russian influence, people from the United States. And what I witnessed was this unity in the Spirit, despite the differences between us, despite the differences of nationality, language, ethnicity, and culture, we were one in the universal translation of love, grace, and truth of the Word and of the Spirit. I, I feel like I'm like radiating right now. I don't know if I am, but that's what I brought back with me. The movement and power of the spirit, seeing God's kingdom advance in the midst of the unplanned and the unexpected, in the midst, most importantly, of moments of weakness and challenge. And guys, I, I want to radiate that to you because it is not just something that happens somewhere else. It's something that can happen everywhere. We remember the saints who've gone before us. We recognize the saints who are even with us, who are with us even though we are miles apart so that we don't forget that we're not alone. The Spirit is not only with me, the Spirit's with us, and the Spirit is not only with us, but with all of us. Sometimes we get tunnel vision. Sometimes we have blind spots. We get so focused on the things that are just right in front of us and we have to look up sometimes and witness the Holy Spirit working in each other to see that Jesus is at work beyond what we can see in and through our collective obedience and witness. Sometimes we have to let go of our agenda. Sometimes we have to let go of our expectations and sometimes we have to just say, I'm just gonna just dive into what God is doing and I'm gonna trust that everything else is gonna work out. 
My friends, we are in this. We are in this. The Spirit is at work in us together. We're not just the hand or the foot. We're not just one denomination. We're not just one expression. Together, we're the body of Christ in the world. I shared all of this because you are a part of this. You were with me. You are still with them. Even though I'm here, we are with them in what God is doing in the Ukraine. That is what the Spirit can do, keeping us together. We are with Lee and Katie and Alex and Jesse and Mariah through the unity of the Holy Spirit. We're in this. But we also acknowledge All Saints Day to, to more importantly, I think, stop and consider not just how the Lord is working in us together, but how the Spirit is working in us individually to become saints, to become living witnesses to the love of Jesus, how we are becoming bearers of the light of Christ. I've preached this in so many sermons, but this is the best living example. What I've just experienced, I can tell you, guys, following Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, which each of you in this room are, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're a follower of Jesus, but it's not about remaining a spectator. It's not about being an observer for the kingdom of God. I could have just shown up in the Ukraine and said, I'm just going to take pictures and take notes and just follow them around. They wouldn't let me do that. The Spirit wouldn't let me do that. I was diving in from moment one. And that's part of why I'm wearing this shirt. Because I am a part of that team. And I am bonded with them now in my financial support and my prayers in a way that I couldn't possibly be before. Not just in terms of what they're doing, but also in what they, God has given me through that experience and what I'm going to do what God's going to do through me in this life. Guys, All Saints Day reminds us of the beauty and brevity of this life. We don't have all this much time on this side of eternity, but it reminds us, even though we're here for only a while, we've been invited to be a part of the work and recon of reconciliation and restoration of Christ through the Holy Spirit. We've been forgiven. We've been saved, we've been called, we've been empowered, we've been equipped to become saints, to become ambassadors of the kingdom, fishers of people, relational bridge builders to Christ. So I'm asking you, and I'm not saying it to guilt or shame you, I'm asking it to invite you, to encourage you. Who are you mentoring? Who are you mentoring? What is your legacy? Because the reality is it's not your house, it's not your car, it's not any of the things you materially possess. Your legacy is people. What are the relationships? What faces will be held up and said, this, he poured into me, she poured into me, she mentored and discipled me. I have shared with you saints who are saints not because of anything they did, but because God worked through other people and continues to work through other people to pour and shape and mold them into who they were created to be in Christ. Guys, if we are saints, which we are, we should be looking more and more like Jesus. Do you look more and more like Jesus? Do I? Or has nothing changed? Are we still reflecting our old, tired, broken selves before Christ? Are we living like the saints we are becoming? Or are we living like the sinners we once were, but we no longer have to be? Are you waiting for sainthood? Are you waiting for sainthood on the other side of the grave? Or are you claiming and existing out of your identity the new creation you are in Christ now? You don't have to be flawless. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not. You don't have to do any of those things to answer the call to live a holy life in an often unholy world. All you need to do, all we need to do together is be open, willing, responsive conduits of the Holy Spirit, 
embodying the word of God, reflecting the love of Christ, stretching out the grace and truth of the gospel through one simple but gracious, ordinary, sacred, bold, humble act of mercy, gesture of compassion, offer of hospitality, pursuit of justice, one of those at a time, just one. Only God can create saints out of sinners. Everything we need to become saints comes from our union with Christ through the Holy Spirit. Everything we need is there. All we have to do is dive in. Guys, Halloween's over. Time to put away costumes. It's time to put away masks. It's time to stop pretending to be something that we're not. We've turned the clocks and winter is knocking at the door. You don't know how much time you have before Christ calls you home. Today is All Saints Day, a day when the dead are remembered but not out of a place of fear, but of faith. Today is a day when those who have gone before us are not envisioned as wandering ghosts who haunt this world, but instead are pictured as a great cloud of witnesses encouraging us in our pilgrimage in this world towards the world to come. Today is, we, is the day we recognize our unity as the body of Christ, that we are one in the spirit, that we are united with all these saints of the church, not just those who've gone before us, but those who are scattered across the world. It doesn't matter what we, language we speak. It doesn't matter what our ethnicity is, our national boundaries, or our cultural ones. By the grace of God, we are all sinners in the making. God is knitting his children together like a multicolored tapestry, like a spiritual web into one holy and sacred communion, bound and filled by the spirit of Jesus. Let us be bound together through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us be one in the spirit. Let us be the communion of saints that we are, a community set apart by God for God, a community that transcends space, a community that transcends time, a community that transcends even death itself. Amen?